JD Talking Sports. It is Tuesday, May 1st, 2018. All right, Isaac, you got to go. You know, it's funny. I'm, I was running back and forth because I want to get to it. You know, my goal every day with the Apple Watch is 1,000 calories, and I was at 900 and something. So I just ran back and forth for a minute. And as we speak, I was at 999. I'll hit 1,000. So I'll hit my goal. Now, every month I give you a uh, challenge. And this month, they said I burned over 34,000 calories last month. So I had to burn 37,000 this month. So I have to burn a little uh, little over 1,000 calories a day for the entire month. Well, a little bit more than that. 1,000 times 60. Yeah, it's about 1,200 a day. That's a good question. I'm t- you know what? I'm trying to do the math in my head. 31 into 37, 167. Yeah, like 1,100. Yeah, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see 30, 31 divided by... Yeah, I love doing that. I, yeah, I love the math stuff. 37,000 divided by... And there is 31 days, I think. Yeah, about 12. I was right, about 1194 a day. So I'm already I'm already behind. But today I didn't get to work out. Listen, I freaking went, I'm, I went to see my therapist and she told me that I have to do pitch black. I have these, these they look like the old uh, old people glasses you see. They they uh, take out all the lights out of the room. So I did that and I was up at two, 2 fucking o'clock in the morning. So I started watching TV and then I freaking watch iZombie, which I love. And then I could fall back asleep. So I went in, had to train. And I came back and I was like, I was going to go to the gym because the cleaning people come. I know, you know, I used to clean. That's the one thing. It's the best $20 I spend because it's part of the house. The best 20 bucks I spend every week is $20 on cleaning because I hated doing the cleaning. And I would always, you know, dread doing it. Well, they, they got here. They weren't here yet. So I, I couldn't go to sleep. I know this is very boring to all of you, but you know, this is my life. A day in the life of JD talking sports. Drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And um, what happened from there? I finally fell asleep, took a three-hour nap when I had to go train. And then I was going to come home. I was like, I was do a workout. So everything went to shit. But this is the thing. I, I didn't get through the podcast of the day. So that's another reason why, you know, I'm trying to get sleep better. And I should be sleeping now, but I really want to do a podcast. Because Ozzie Newsom gave up while well, retiring. And he did his final pick in the draft, and they showed it. And, you know, they said, oh, it's a heartwarming moment. But that, that I didn't take the heartwarming moment. What I took from the moment was I looked around the whole fucking room. And, you know, Biscotti's the, uh, is that Steve Biscotti? Is that his name? Is the owner. And you saw, you saw John Harbaugh there. And I saw one, one minority in the whole fucking room. I saw, and I was, it was on the side. It wasn't even one of the guys. It was all white all fucking white and I'm thinking with the percentage of football players who are you know African American whatever to think that in the Baltimore Ravens and and they drafted a black you know they drafted a Lamar Jackson this year that they had one freaking black in that in that war room whatever you want to the draft room it kind of pissed me off you know I was like you know I remember when I did movie money I wanted a multi-ethnic cast I said fuck it you know and if you look at Isabel my 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 lead, my co-writer, my everything. She was she's Colombian, and then we had Andre, who is I think he's uh, African American and uh, Spanish. I'm not 100 percent sure of his. Yeah, I think he's. And that was the th- that was, those are two, and it was me. And we went for a lot of different people on the cast. You know, I mean, we had a female editor, which you know, I mean, 
And I should have had a female director. Well, Izzy directed it. I really wanted her to direct the goddamn thing. But I think about that, and I look at the freaking Ravens locker uh, war room, and I was like, what the fuck, man? And here's a guy, you know, and that's the thing. You would think that it would open up more GM jobs for African Americans. And if you look around, there aren't too many. I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. The 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 uh, Browns fired there. They found, a, what, Sashi Brown? They fired him. So they brought in Dorsey, white guy. And I'm thinking about all the GMs. Gettleman, uh, white McCagnan, white. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the teams. Yeah, pretty much Lily. It's Lily White. I, I'm try, I can't think of too many besides Ozzie Newsome. Oh, you got Coughlin now in, so he's basically took over. He's running the show in Jacksonville. I'm, you know what? I have to... Minority? You know what? That's a good question. How many minority GMs are there in the NFL? How many minority GMs in the NFL? I didn't say play. You know what this thing? Okay. Small gains, yeah. Yeah, Jerry Reese, five black GMs. Yeah, okay. Rick Smith, Ozzie Newsome, he's Sashi Brown's gone. Actually, he's, oh, yeah. Think about that. Okay. Jerry Reese is gone. Uh, Reese is gone. Smith, Newsome. Assistant GM Kevin Abrams, a defensive. Okay, wait. So, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, Rick Smith, Ozzie Newsome, Reggie McKenzie. Okay, oh Chris Creer. Okay, say one, two. There'll be three left. Three. That's 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 fucking pathetic. Thirty-two teams. We're gonna have three. Yeah, one. Yeah, we'll have McKenzie, McKenzie with the Raiders, Rick Smith with Houston, and Chris Creer with the Dolphins. That's it. At the end of the season. Three. So the other 29 teams can't fuck. Are you kidding me? At the end of 2016 season, there were seven, but the Bills fired Doug Whaley. So African-Americans make up 16% of the general managers in the NFL, a league in which 70% of the players are black. Yeah. Talk about a fucking despair. Well, it's like it's like NBA. Look at, look at uh, a Boldenhoser is going to be up for a job. Another white coat, no offense to Popovich, you know, hey, you had some great guys, but basketball, are you talk, Are you kidding me? And you can't get, you can't get any minority coaches out there? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to, th- yeah, I mean, there's, it, it's ridiculous, it really is, it's, it's ridiculous. So that really pissed me off, and I don't think anybody was talking about that, they were just talking about, oh, it's a horrible moment, and I looked at it like, are you fucking kidding me? Look at, look, look around the room, dude. How has the world changed in 2018? I know Rocco backed me up on that one. Now, it's kind of cool. One of the fathers today at my game, he runs uh, one of the sporting complexes here in the Tri-State area. And he used to work for a, uh, one of the professional sports teams in the area. I'm, I've decided I'm going to – I was going to say all the teams. and I, But he got a championship ring, which was kind of cool. He showed me a picture of it. And his son actually – he showed me a picture. His son said, when am I, you know, I want to go down on the field. And his son was on the field like as a baby of a baseball stadium. Oh, yeah, I can, yeah, Yankees. He used to work for the Yankees a while back. And it was kind of cool, you know? I mean, and he worked in finance. And I was like, you know, there's all these different jobs. And it's it's kind of freaking cool. You know, and, and, and I, you know, he handles all the, anything that uh, deals with finance in the stadium. And I said, you know, I'm not crazy about Yankee Stadium. And we were talking about it. And I was like, yeah, but, but I, reason, I know where the Yankee Stadium now because there are more people 
you know, you got more luxury boxes and everything. And I said, I never seen anybody at the Legend Seats. And I said, but he said, well, they're all eating inside. I said, I heard the food's awesome because the food is freaking amazing. I said, that's, I've heard the food in there is freaking amazing. I mean, the primer, all that shit. So I, want, I said, I, I want a Legends experience. But he can't hook me up in that front because he's not with the Yankees anymore. But very cool. You mean, you learn something new every day. I thought that was, you know, I thought that was very interesting little moment right there. Oh, and uh, what, one of the, I found this a little disturbing. Oh, Jordan Montgomery left today's game in the first inning with arm problems. Now, Francesca was back, so I told Carol. Carol, listen, she was all excited. He was talking to A-Rod, and then he was talking about him being a freaking, you know, uh, in the in the biggest celebrity couple, but I, I, I didn't care. And then he was going on about how his new partners with CAA, that now he's on Instagram, now he's on Facebook, now he's on Twitter, and he's got all this other stuff and an app coming out, and he actually had to meet with, you know, the threes taking over for an hour, you know, Chris, whatever that, you know, the the guy who actually used to work for Frances and Russo and he wouldn't respond to him. But what's it? Chris, uh, yeah, who, yeah, Chris Cornell, Chris, uh, the F-A-N, what's it, CMB? Yeah, uh, C, I think it's CMB on CMB. Yeah, CMB. What's it, Chris? Yeah, yeah, he had a Carlin, yeah, Chris Carlin. So there was derogatory, to, you know, whatever. But he had he talked to them to smooth the air, and they said everything's cool. But I was listening to Beningo and Robert. Someone called about them, you know, break, you know, well they end, you know, break up. And I basically Beningo said, you know, I'll, I'll be dead. That's when we're gonna we'll stop working together. And he goes, you won't get this long farewell tour from me, which was I guess was kind of uh, funny. You know, he's not making a dig, but yeah, I mean, I guess he was taking a little dig at. He loves Frances and all, but I think he was like, come on, dude, you leave and you come back. Are you fucking kidding me? So, hey, they're back. I know Carol's happy. I'm happy that she's happy because, you know, I really don't listen to too much. And, and it was interesting. We were talking about that, that Russo's now by himself and Frances by, him, Frances is by himself. And you really want something to bounce off people with. And that's kind of cool. You know, you miss that kind of stuff. And sometimes Russo, you know, I love that Beningo and Roberts have this chemistry that they work well off each other. Like we were watching Elementary tonight. Which um, you know they have this own instinct now on on Sunday nights. Not the chemistry's okay, but the storyline's not that good. Whereas on Elementary with Lucy Liu and what the hell's that guy's name from Elementary? Who I freaking love. Jo- oh, Johnny Lee. Uh, elementary cast. Elementary. John and John. Uh, what the hell's his name? What the hell's his name? Yeah, and he's he's dealing with uh, like concussion syndromes now. Yeah, Johnny Johnny Lee, I love him on the film. And Aiden Quinn, Aiden Quinn's a fucking rock solid actor. And it was cool, you know, watching that. You're like, God damn, that's good television, man. Like Homeland. I, I'm not giving any spoilers away, but I'll tell you, watch that season finale. It ended a great note. What a great fucking end of the season. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was really good. Yeah. And I, what do I, Van Fleet tonight was uh, Ian, got a little chippy with LeBron. You're really going to, Van Fleet, you're going to really get it on with LeBron? Like, you know, stare him down? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, enough, man. But Jordan Montgomery, man, if he's seriously hurt, that is going to put a damper. That will be, yeah, that's not going to be good for the Yankees. They, they're they hurting. And tomorrow's uh, Hal's birthday. I'm going to wish it. He went to the Astros game with his wife, who was sporting the shit out of a great Astros jersey. Looked really good. I was like, damn, you look good in that. 
you're wearing the sh- I like saying that you're wearing the share of that. And USA Sports, listen to this. The latest CTE study shows those who played tackle football before age 12 had cognitive issues arise 13.39 years earlier and behavioral and mood problems 13.28 years earlier than those who began to play at 12 or older. You think football is going to be around in 30 years with these kind of studies? I mean, there's always going to be people that will play it because there's always going to be this, I guess, groups of people that, you know, it'll help them advance, but that's a scary stat. Now, people can say, oh, that's ridiculous, but the brain is still developing before the age of 12. And when I, I tell you, I cringe when I hear the kids I'm coaching that they're, uh, because I coach little kids, today I was with five-year-olds, but to, to think that, you know, anybody would say, hey, you know, keep playing baseball, I mean football, and I'd say, take up golf. Take up, please, take up golf. For the love of God, take up golf. And the and I'll tell you. And then I read that Baker Mayfield could have been if he had it. If he had if he was still around with the second pick, the freaking Patriots were thinking of trading up. How about that? That's fucking crazy, right? Unbelievable. And Connor Orr brought up an interesting point about the Giants. Now, you know that you know he basically compared it to the the Giants fan base resembles the post Garcia deadheads. Despite the show being over, they still come they still come hoping to hear the same tunes. Manning to plaques over the shoulder, Manning to cruise for the quick slant. And they reared their heads last year, pushing, you know, they got rid of McAdoo because they were pissed about Manning's benching. Now they got Saquon Barkley will hopefully resurrect his career. Now, but there's some, some they said the higher-minded contingent of Giant fans see that, hey, you know, the team still isn't good enough to win the NFC East over the next two years. And they feel, you know, maybe it's better to rebuild. They wisely for the day when Manning turns 39, wobbles around in the pocket pocket without any ammunition, and there's no realistic air to the horizon. Now, hey, we don't know if Davis Webb is a real deal, but it is a little bit concerning. But you know what? Hey, what if Saquon Barkley, they're already having odds of him being the rookie of the year. And we'll see how that turns out. Now, I'm not going to do any, I see people putting up their draft grades and all that. I like reading it, but don't you have to give it a couple years? Because you have to let them, you have to give them at least, I think you have to you have to give three, four years to see if the draft class is a good one. Now, sometimes you get great returns, like the Saints did this past year, and the Cowboys got great returns on Ezekiel Elliott the first year, but, you know, he took a step back because he was, uh, you know, being a fucking idiot. So he had to miss some games last year, and that hurt them to make the playoffs. And I read an interesting thing Peter King talked about, you know, uh, Denzel Ward, the the Browns picked up. And he said he was talking to the... He was talking... To, uh, Williams is the, uh, the defensive coordinator. And he said... He said that uh, we probably play the most press of any team in the league. There's another reason. He said he got... He has a video of 28 snaps of Miles Garrett, Garrett's pass rush last year. We got gets within two steps or less of the quarterback when the ball comes out. And the problem is they're not covering long enough to let him get to the quarterback. Now they feel... With him and Emmanuel uh, Ogba, they'll get more chances because of Denzel, because Denzel can cover people better. And they said, uh, Ogba, they said, was a major reason why the Browns went ward over Chubb. Ogba's a rising star in the league, Williams said. He's got a chance to be Chubb. That's big, right? So that's interesting why they took him. And Cleveland, seven quarterbacks in the top three rounds since 2005. None is the current start in the league, unless you consider the spring league, which Manziel's playing it right now. So you have uh, the seven are Charlie Fry, Brady Quinn, who's announcing it, Colt McCoy, Brandon Whedon, who, yeah, 
played baseball, went football. Hey, you made some money. He's still backing up somewhere. Manziel, Cody Kessler, I think, and Deshaun Kaiser, I think, could still prove something. But not a great list. And, you know, what they said about him being Manziel 2.0, Mayfield said, you know, hey, he said it's understandable, understandable obviously. First-round picks by the Browns, close to the same size, playmakers, but we're two completely different people. I care about winning. I care about doing things the right way. I just want to be judged for who I am. Good for you. Shut, tell them to shut the fuck up. Tell them to shut the fuck up. And also, this is from uh, Peter Schrager about the Patriots and Mayfield. Yeah, they, they're saying that um, actually McDaniels visited Mayfield his hometown of Austin on Monday that they were going to trade up. If he had been second, they were going to trade up. How would you think? Fucking crazy, right? And also, Peter King said there was something very interesting. He wrote a story about uh, Mayfield going in SI. And he said he, when he walked into the Oklahoma indoor practice facility for his workout in front of the Browns, seven teammates were there to catch balls for him. And they were stretching the other end of the field. Mayfield cupped his hands and called out a two-syllable signal to them. Hee-hee. And hee-hee, they called back. They came jogging over Mayfield. And Hugh Jackson said, damnedest thing I've ever seen, exactly like Baker was the Pied Piper. That's good. Hey, listen, as a team, you, you've got seven guys showing up. That's fucking cool. And I thought this was cool, too, with Alonzo Highsmith, who played college ball at the U and had a, you know, okay, great college player, but he was injured. He ended up, in high school, his quarterback uh, was Mike Shula. He played with Barney Kozar and Testaverde at Miami, at the U. Then in the NFL, had played with Moon, Aikman, Testaverde, Montana, in his last training camp in the NFL with KC. And then as a scout in Green Bay with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And said Highsmith, he go, now, now Highsmith is now the Browns vice president, VP of player personnel. And he said, um, I've never been concerned with the big arm or the size necessarily. Those things help, obviously. But I was always looking for traits. He said, Favre and Montana and Kozar and Rogers and Troy, they had the kind of presence like when you were a young kid and your big brother was around and you always felt a lot more confident with your brother was there with you. He said, when I in training camp my last summer with KC, we had the night off. Montana was going out with the guys. And he saw me laying on my bed and said, let's go, Highsmith. Everybody's going, let's go. They all had that smirk. Smirk, that stare, that attitude. You never saw the deer in the headlights. When I met Baker, I saw that in him. And I told him, you could have played with me in Miami. You could have been one of us. Hey, listen, I fucking wanted him to be a Jet. I wanted him to be a New York Jet. I was, I, I you know, hey, we got Darnold, but I wanted Mayfield. I just thought he had, I just felt he had something. And Peter King said he saw, uh, when he was in the, saw some Brown fans, one guy from New Albany, Ohio, had a t-shirt that said, I still hate John Elway. Hey, the drive, people never fucking forget. Never forget there. Never forget Brian Sype. They never forget a lot of things. I mean, I, I, got, I remember, I, yeah, a guy I used to be friends with, Brian, with the, the play, the play, uh, Brian Sype play. Yeah, if I look it up, Red Robin, what's it called? Yeah, Brian Sype play. Brian Sype. Brian Sype. Brian Sype play. What's it called? Play. Yeah. The Cardiac Kids. Brian Sype. Interception. Called. Play. Call. Interception. Play. Call. I-N-T. It's called Red Robin something, right? No, I don't want that. Shut up. Search. 
Red Right 88. The Red Right 88. I see, I said, it was something like that. Red Right 88. I mean, and, and Brian, boom, right away. He was right there. Red Right. Yeah, I was like, God damn. Yeah. Very, yeah. And then the, the Patriots drafted a guy, Danny Etling, in the seventh round, who uh, I didn't know anything about. I didn't know anything about Danny. He was a graduate transfer. And I was like, I don't know anything about this guy. Cespedes was playing on eight on run, so okay, I guess he's okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, why? And I wanted to why, 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 why would they even waste a pick? And that's why, if I, I love to say, what, what did you see in him? Am I missing something? I'd love to be in a draft room and be like, hey, well, what made you guys take him? Like, you know, you have this guy. What, what, what was your reasoning? Like, there's a draft pick. You're like, well, why, why are you taking a punter? Why are you taking this? You could always get a punter. And I've always liked to kind of know about that kind of stuff. I like to be able to read a room and really get specific of why they picked the certain picks. And they said they're going to have a bunch of, bunch of draft picks for next year. The Jets, so the Patriots added today, will likely have six picks in the first three rounds. A one, two twos, and three threes, including possible comp, uh, comp picks for Nate Solder and uh, Malcolm Butler. Now they're saying Drew Locke of Missouri could be the only top ten quarterback next year, but will they do it? I don't know. And Jarrock asked me today about uh, Shaquem, uh, Shaquem Griffin. I think he's going to be a beast. I think he's going to come in with a just going to play his ass off, play hard. When he was picked, 141st pick by the Seahawks, his brother, twin brother on the team, he says, I, I can't breathe right now. I love it to get him and said, people call you and they want the second pick of the draft for a bag of donuts, a hot pretzel, and a hot dog. Leave me alone. I don't have time to screw around. <laughs> Ed Lyons, first round pick, Frank uh, Ragnow, said he texted me earlier. I was in awe. Uh, Matt Stafford texted me. Actually, responded, Mr. Stafford. He did that because one of the offensive linemen he uh, called him by his first name because I can't wait to work together. And the guy was like, "Dude, uh, it's Mister to you." And I was like, "Yeah, you're damn right." Although that was pretty funny. And, and dude, think I don't think on the same level as uh, this. Is what Josh Rosen said. I always compare it to a Star Trek mind melt. I'm basically trying to take his brain and put as much of his brain as I can into mind, so that when we go on the field, you know, I'm making a check or if I'm making a decision, he is, he, in his head, is thinking, he's making the same decision at the same exact time that I'm making, basically. If there's a little gray area as a buffer between you and your offensive coordinator, if there's as little gray area, you know, that's a good thing. The better, you know, basically a good thing. Wow, I just was like, dude, I can't even think that way. And then this rugby player, Jordan uh, Mailata, who the Eagles traded up for and they said listen if we we had the most draft picks we've had in a long time if he turns out to be a bust six eight three forty five never played football mayock says mike mayock from nfl network says he got hands like feet he's a monster i watched a little video of him did you see that kid today running around the bases with his pumping his little arm then someone tried to speed him up and he's like pushing him away and then he gets home plate and he's you, you got to see that video dude it is so fucking funny little kid just like pumping his arm going slow motion i was like that was the best thing ever Oh, and uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think the uh, Jaguars are going to move to freaking uh, Wembley Stadium if he buys it? $850 million, Shad Khan, they said we buy it. He said, if my ownership interests were to include Wembley Stadium, it would protect the Jaguars' position in London at a time when other NFL teams are understandably becoming more interested in this great city. And the stronger the Jaguars are in London, the more stable and promising the Jaguars' future will be in Jacksonville. Uh, and Peter King was like, what the fuck? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I would have been like, are you kidding me? What? No, no, not at all. Come on, are you kidding? How about the Simpsons? 
Yeah, because you know what? Do we need it? They they want a team over in London. They want it badly. But then I was reading that nobody wants the Raptors to make the NFL NBA Finals because they get their asses kicked. But who knows? But probably. I think I want. I would like. I would like the Raptors to make the finals. Now, I mean, I, I'm going to root for LeBron now because you know I want him to see if he can carry the team. But they were losing at halftime. I don't think they're going to do it. And the Simpsons just said it's 636 episode. I watched some of it. The longest running primetime show on television breaks the previous record of a gun smoke, and there's still two more seasons on order. Now this was interesting to me. Okay, this I found it. Scott Perry is the GM of the Knicks. His dad Lowell played tight end and safety at Michigan and was a. But this that was an interesting thing. Also, the Braves beat the Mets. Mets lost. Syndergaard got the loss. Bad luck, man. They're wasting wasting good pitching performances this season. Got to get those wins, dude. So, they, okay, back to Lowell Perry. Drafted by the Steelers in the eighth round, 90th overall, the 53 draft. Now, his professional career was deferred because he was uh, in the Reserve Officer's ROTC obligations. Joined the U.S. Air Force, where he achieved rank of second lieutenant. While serving the Air Force, Perry played on the uh, bowling Air Force team that included Al Darrow, Darrow Tommy O'Connell, and Johnny Latner. Perry was named the outstanding football player in the military. In the military. So he joined the Steelers in 56. And the first play of, as a Steeler ran 93 yards and a touchdown in a preseason game against the Lions. First six NFL games, 14 catches, 334, two touchdowns, including a 75-yard touchdown catch against the Browns. Those first six games, it's a lot of yards, dude. And that's a lot per... I mean, 14, do the math, over 20... Almost twenty four a cat, twenty four yards a catch. Also returned eleven putts for a buck twenty seven and nine kickoffs for two hundred nineteen yards. In his sixth game ever as a pro, he sustained a fractured pelvis and dislocated hip that forces retirement. And uh, football writer Mark A. Letterman later wrote about the witnessing Perry's career-ending injury. He said, "A skinny fifty-year-old boy and his dad were cheering the Steelers' new rookie, Lowell Pow- Perry, as he roared." Uh, whip it like around the New York Giants fabled 1956 defensive line and had a full throttle for the open field. The beer, boys' cheer, cheers turned to tears when Giants star Roosevelt Greer crunched Perry from behind and linebacker Bill Svoboda hit him from the side simultaneously, filling the stadium with a sickening crack which silenced the Steelers' faithful. I will forget my sadness as a stretcher carried my new hero from the field. Perry's pelvis was fractured, his hip dislocated, and never played pro football again. He was hospitalized at Pittsburgh's Mercy Hospital for 13 weeks after the injury in 57. And in June 57, the Steelers hired Perry as the team's ends coach, making him the NFL's first African-American coach since Fritz Pollard in the 1920s. He worked as a scout for the Steelers in 58. Working for the Steelers, Perry went to the Duquesne University Law School. I mean, I was when I read this, I was like, holy shit. And he, I don't know, he, I, and there was more accomplishments after that, but to this day, Scott Perry still goes to the Steelers training camp to just, he's very close to Mike Tomlin just to get ideas and that stuff. How fucking does that, how much does that suck? I didn't know anything about him, anything about him. And I was like, wow, I was I was blown away, man. I mean, talk, talk about that, a six-year NFL career, and poof, it's over. Yankees lost yesterday, so they ended the nine game. They, um, they were actually being no-no'd for... Seven innings yesterday, and they uh, well they lose two one last night, but they nine straight, and they're scoreless now. Jordan Montgomery 
went out that kind of sucks. I was like, sucks. But how about that? And Bill Belichick, eight draft trades are the most in franchise history, beating out the seven in both 2009-2010. And they set up, they're set up nicely, they said, for the next... Uh, set up for the 2019 NFL Draft. And Carl Malone's son, K.J. Malone, was uh, signed as undrafted free agent by the Houston Texans. His dream come true. Malone said, I always dreamed of playing the NFL, to play for an organization like the Texans. Amazing. Training out there, I feel like I was at home. And his father had a cool hat on. He said they, if they would have more tick, uh, picks, they would have taken, K.J. Malone said they would have taken him. They only had a couple. To, they don't a couple today. They wanted more offensive linemen there. I'm glad to be Texan now. Played offensive tackle for LSU, two year starter. Though an inju- injury cost him six games in 2017. Ran the 40 and 5.34 and did 15 reps at 225 with a bench press, while posting a posting a 29.5 vertical leap leap. Hey, you know they said, hey, I hope he makes it. And he actually nearly skipped his senior year with the Tigers to become a U.S. Marshal. Per, uh, how about that? We'll see if he wants to do this. He's excited to practice against uh, players like J.J. Watt and uh, Clowney. Jadeveon Clowney. He goes, I'm always like, dang, those guys are freaks. <laughs> now I get to go against them. Good for him. I'm kind of psyched about that. And the Dodgers, Corey Seager, missing the rest of the season. This is another guy. Tommy John. That happened to Torres last year. Tommy John surgery. How about that? Crazy. 2016 NHL, NHL, National League Rookie of the Year. Two home runs, 13 hour buys in 26 games. Dodgers off the slow start, slow start, 12 and 15. But how about that? On his right, uh, repair the UCL in his right throwing arm. Crazy. It's the 18th overall pick in 2012 draft. Won't be able to continue a streak of 20 more home runs in a season. After doing 26 and 22 in 2016-2017. Oh, and I read this cool thing about NFL, NBA refs about getting sworn at because, you know, you know, internationally there's Spanish, Serbian, Portuguese, and other languages abound. And, you know, they, you know, you know, they don't know if you're cursing or whatever, but um, it's kind of funny. He, I was, it was an article in the Times about it, about just how the guys, uh, he said he was swearing to himself, but the ref heard it, and boom. And the, the player, you know, ref said they learned more, you know, more curse words in other languages than anything else. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, so Danny Etling completed 60% of his passes last season. That's who the the Pats picked up in the seventh round through just two interceptions. He was benched at Purdue before transferring to LSU and wasn't on any mock draft boards. All right, right, yeah. And Sonny Gray pitched all right last night, but the problem was Charlie Morton pitched better. And this, I love this about, you know, it's, you know, it's about uh, Shaquem, um, Shaquem Williams, right? Is it? He finally walked in front of the crowd. He was standing in the tunnel between the green room and the stage. An event producer named Dan Art Arndt told Shaquem that he works the NFL's four biggest events. First of the draft, next he goes, next he wants to see him at the Pro Bowl. Then the Super Bowl. And the last time you'll see me, he said, is when you take the towels off your bus. The next time we, and the, and, the, and the last time you'll see me, he says, and when, when they take your towels off your bus in Canton. Uh, Shaquem nodded quietly, his eyes wide. We got three more, he replied. Thank you, sir. 
thought that was kind of cool. I'm sorry, Shaquem Griffin, man. Not Shaquem Will, Shaquem Griffin. How about that? So this is the first one. We'll see you at the Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, and the last time we'll see you in Canton. Listen, man, everybody's pulling for him, man. I saw that there was a uh, congratulatory tweet from Jim Abbott, and then I was on CBS News. There was a girl with a USF, UCF cheerleading outfit on, and she had, was missing. She only had half an arm, and she was doing, uh, she said, hi, I look forward to meeting you, and she did a backflip, and you just watched, and you were like, listen, if it gives all these kids that, what the fuck, you know, I, let me try. Let me try. Let me, you know, don't tell me what I can't do. Let me see if I can do. And Jim Abbott was always, you know, as a kid, you was told, hey, you know what, we're not going to, you're going to try, you're going to do, you're going to go for it. And I, I just, I, I loved it, man. I just thought it was, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I, I really, yeah. It, it was it was, it was, was awesome. When I read that, I was like, I only want the best for him. Yeah. And uh, that's from Jenny Ferentes at uh, MMQB. And I love this. Okay, 7-Eleven in California has found a way to keep people from panhandling and loitering Crank up classical music. Now, when I was in grad school in Chapel Hill, there was a Brothers. I think it was Brothers. They had a great buffalo chicken pizza that we used to go. I used to go with this kid, Shoop, all the time. We were addicted to the... But at night, when they wanted to close the bar, they put on the show tunes. And it that the music came on, the show tunes went on, and poof, everybody was gone. Now, Judge finally sat after 27 games. He's been struggling. A lot of strikeouts. What, 10 strikeouts over the weekend? Yeah, in 15 at-bats out in three weekend games against Angels. Previous 24, he was in 317 with seven home runs, 18 RBIs. Eight for 30 slide, dropped his average from 338 on April 21st. But hey, you know what? Some guys in Tyler, Austin's back. We'll play on active roster Tuesday. We'll see if that what happens with that. And Austin was playing like a beast before he was uh, suspended. So we'll see if he's, yeah, well, Verlander pitching hard. And Brandon Drury, 6 for 13 in four games AAA. So we'll see if, you know, he's going to come up. Well, he's definitely coming up. But, I'm, you know, yeah, I don't need, and who's, 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 who's batting tonight? I did not get to look at the Yankees tonight. Yankees are scoreless in the... Wow, Toronto's up by five with 6.53 left. I know Gumbershev loves when I give freaking scoring updates. But I don't think Anuhar is playing tonight. Yeah, let me see. No, Anuhar is one for three tonight, two strikeouts. Stanton, 0 for three with two strikeouts. Judge, 0 for three, two strikeouts. Three hits for the Yankees. All singles. Anduhar, Sanchez, and Didi, who was named player of the freaking week. So Gurman came in, pitched four innings of, of four-hit ball. Betances is pitching now. Well, how about that? Your starter goes out after an inning. Wow. It's pretty crazy. And they're still playing the right. Didi was named AL Player of the Week on Monday. 357, four home runs, 10 RBIs. Gregorius's first AL Player of the Week. That was one thing about Francesca was talking to A-Rod, talking about how when he first came up, he couldn't even, he, he couldn't even run. He was stumbling over himself. So it was kind of interesting. And he's been, what, he 0 for 4 with three strikeouts on Monday? But a lot of guys struck out. They had 14 strikeouts on Monday. But CeCe 
CC pitched well on Sunday, which was good for the Yankees. Hey, listen, they're in a scoreless game. They're playing. Tomorrow's Hal's birthday. Happy birthday, Hal. I have to wish you happy birthday. All right, let's do some trivia questions because I just looked at time and I should be sleeping because I, 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 I got to sleep. Okay. Last. Okay. What two players have hit pro season home runs for the Yankees and two other teams? John Olerund hit for the Yankees, Toronto, New York Mets, and Seattle. His postseason home runs. And Russell Martin hit for the Yankees, Dodgers, Pirates, and Blue Jays. Okay, tonight's trivia question. How many Texas Longhorns are in the NBA Hall of Fame? How many how many Texas Longhorns are in the NBA Hall of Fame? All right, Yankees scoreless, Mets lost in Bra- the Braves and wasted up. Wasted another Thor pitching performance. Goddamn. And hey, Raptors. Raptors gotta gotta get it done. And and Steph Curry's playing tonight. They said he was shooting from uh inside the uh the tunnel pregame. So Pelicans I think it's gonna be quick. So I, I really think it's gonna be Houston. Houston's gonna not have a problem with Utah. I think Utah, especially with Rubio out, it's gonna be a tough series for them. And I can't see Pelicans, I think they played the series of life against Portland, but they're they're not they're not a Gold State's level. Now, if they boogie, if boogie was healthy, then maybe they had a better shot. But I don't think it's going to be. I think it get ugly. East is going to be more interesting. I saw the Celtics beat the Sixers last night, and they were busting on Simmons. Simmons goes, "I don't worry about that shit." That's one game. I, I still think the Sixers can pull it out. We'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, have a good night, and talk to you soon. Peace out. Happy Bay tomorrow, 86 in the city. That's crazy.